Okay. What's up, everyone? What's up? Today we're gonna take you on a roller coaster ride. Yeah, through our culture shock experiences. What's up, limits? We went there. Oops. Starting life over, crossing those limits. My bad. Creating happiness in that new place. Three kisses. What? Can we be friends? What's up with those foreign laws? Wasn't me. Feeling like a dumbass. That's a bumpy ride. So let's buckle up, kids. What's, What's up, up, everyone? How's it going? Welcome to our new podcast. Life and good shit. Episode one. I'm Britt. And this is Bex. And today um, we are recording in an amazing recording studio. We're feeling really creative. This studio is off the hook. Amazing. Got my creative juices going. Dude, flowing. Shout out to Bruce, our producer. Check him up on Instagram. Producer Bruce. Producer Bruce. Thanks, in the Bruce. house. Whoa, hooking whoa. us up. Genius. We love you, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come Get it. On. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, we just got a whole bunch of good shit to talk about today. So much good shit. And we are coming at you from Basel, Switzerland, representing. Whoa, whoa, Kritzi. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. Thanks. That was not bad. I'm really? proud. <laughs> Thank that you. Was better than my bonjour. <laughs> my bonjour. <laughs> so, yeah, for all of our American audience out there, Switzerland, not Sweden. No, it's not Sweden, guys. Please, let's just know our geography. <laughs> I literally still have people asking me, oh, so you speak Swedish now that you've lived there for so long? You'd be like, yuck. <laughs> I don't know how to say anything in Swedish, actually. Yeah. Okay, not important. Anyway, so Switzerland, guys, for all of our uh, non-local listeners, Switzerland is a small country that really small. located in Europe. It mm -hmm. borders France, Germany, and Italy. Yes. There are 8 million people. people. Population. <laughs> In Switzerland. And if we compare it to where we are from, Los Angeles County. Yes. L.A. County. 22 million. So, Correct. yes. Proportions. Just to kind of give you guys an idea. So. Fun fact. Kind of crazy. I don't know how this country functions with four different national languages. Yes. So let's start with German. Then French. Bonjour. <laughs> Baguette. <laughs> Merci. And then Italian. Italian. Yes. And there's only one region in the south. Mm -hmm. And like there's this language that's dying off that's called Romanish. So yeah, this was leading us into our culture shock. Culture shock. Yes. That's the main topic for today. I think we want to focus on is what we thought it was versus what it actually is, how we experienced it and the learning experience we got from it. Yeah, just creating that happiness, just to be happy in all of these uncomfortable moments and yes. living out of your comfort zone. There are a whole lot of feelings. I mean, the dictionary definition is a sense of confusion and uncertainty, sometimes mm. with feeling of anxiety that oh. may affect people <laughs> exposed to an alien culture or environment without adequate preparation. Ugh. I think that's keyword. Adequate preparation right there. I know, because even today, my husband will be like, oh, well, that's normal. And I'm like, no, it's Is it not. Though? You never warned me. Personally, one of the biggest cultural shocks when I moved to Switzerland was the language. When I moved to the Swiss German part, I learned... German and Swiss German once I moved here. And this is actually a huge cultural shock, Swiss German. When a student actually tried to explain to me what the difference was between Swiss German and German, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. A lot of people can't. 
Because what they basically speak is a dialect. It's not a real language. There's no written dictionary. There are no rules. There are no tenses. True. And there's no standard spelling. That's the other thing. Because it's a dialect, there's no correct way of spelling words. So everything that they're learning that's actually written in a book, everything is in what they call high German, in like real German. Which is like the standard German from Germany. And what I actually love about it is that there's a lot of French words in Swiss German, like merci, like ah. thank you. They don't say like danke, which is the German word, which is fun. <laughs> it's a fun little mix. But they're very proud of it. And city to city, like people from Basel and people from Zurich will have a different accent. They'll use different words. Mm-hmm. It's all very different from region to region, which makes it more difficult. I mean, if you are um, an outsider or a tourist, it does make it a bit difficult. And if you've moved here like us, if you give it some years and a lot of beer, you'll be fine. (laughs) Okay, so what about you? So my husband is from the French part. Mm -hmm. It's kind of known that French speakers like only speak French. (laughs) So I could not get by but with English. I had to learn it. And then I Mm -hmm. became fluent in it. Got it because can't write it because a lot of what I learned was from listening. Yeah. And initially I was under the impression because Billy told me so that, oh, you know, everybody can speak a little English. Like everybody, you know, has had it in school, which they do. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm ready to like meet people, be friendly. And nobody spoke English to me. That was very, very shocking that in the French part, you really can't get by. I I used to be like deathly afraid to go to the store because if I had a question or couldn't find something and, you know, look stupid, like roaming around, (laughs) you know, and I would go up to somebody and be like, oh, I would say it in English. Do you speak English? I'd be like, nah. (laughs) Okay, great. Thanks. Have a nice day. Great. So, so, and my first weekend actually here, there was like a cousin's weekend with all of his cousins and he had pre-warned me that they all speak a little English. I had a whole freaking snowboarding weekend in French. And if you know Swiss people, they love to sit around the table and talk. Like we sat there for three, four hours. Everything was in French. Nobody made an effort. So the language was a huge culture shock for me, feeling like being completely on the outside of everything. Mm -hmm. I couldn't participate in a conversation, make people laugh how I usually like to do. And I just was bored with myself Mm because I would just be the person sitting there. That happens. That happened to me. That happens to every expat or everyone that comes here because of a partner. There will be times if you don't speak the language while you're just going to Sit there and not get shit. You can't even act like you're trying to understand because they... You can kind of like laugh along when everyone laughs. And you're like, ha, ha, ha. And that actually happened to me once. And I did that. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, what's so funny? And I'm like, oops. Well, you know, that was rude to ask me. <laughs> you're like, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no comprendo. <laughs> that was just, that was a huge obstacle culture shock when first coming here. So I had to take a course for like three months to learn French. And it's quite different from the German situation because the French from Switzerland is literally the same from the French in France. So pretty interesting learning to speak French. And Can you make any jokes in French? I can't. But you know what they love to do in French? It's so funny. What? Their humor is so different from American humor. They think it's really funny because the language has so many words that have the same sound like the word sans that noise sans 
can literally mean a hundred, the word without. It could mean the word blood. Uh. It could mean the word to sense something, like you smell it. Okay, I'm exhausted. How do you know which one's which? Exact context. But what's really funny because of this, what they like to do in their sentences is they like to... play on words. And they like to switch the first sound of two different words and it'll be like a totally normal sentence like I like to go to the store to buy milk or something like that this actually happened one time my husband said this sentence okay then somebody switched the first sound of two words and it turned super dirty nice it was like cow's vagina and something like that (laughs) yeah and we're sitting around like literally with his parents (laughs) and I'm not understanding the joke because I did not have the level at the time yeah he throws this joke out there the whole family's laughing I'm like wait what what so he explains it to me and I'm like dude your mom is right there that's hilarious (laughs) but American Homer we funny Yes, we're we're hilarious. We're hilarious. (laughs) Let's move on. I mean, Switzerland, what can we say? Yes, the languages, but it's also a really great place to live. It's safe as a young, yes, I'm young, as a young (laughs) female. It's so important to feel safe, for example. And that's something that is priceless. What else? Yes. And also for me, I'm raising two small children And we live in a safe little village. And I think it's great that six-year-olds can walk to school. And That freaks uh, me out, though. I know. It still does. I still have that kind of inner leftover paranoia from Los Angeles. But like... Another one of our sources, actually, is our students. Yeah. Britt and I were English teachers here in Switzerland. Yes. So a lot of our content and a lot of the ideas we come up with are just things that come up in lessons that we have or conversations that we have with our students. Yeah. And they're not really sure about their laws. Like this country is so <laughs> goddamn safe. And it's you think, so okay, safe. like they must be really scared they're of on it. going to jail or something. No. no. Jails are like a hotel. It's like a freaking five-star like rehabilitation stay. Like, jeez. <laughs> I know. I need to jack something so I can go on a holiday. <laughs> just kidding. Or am I? But like the funny thing is, is I remember one time it came up in conversation like laws about weed. And we were like, is weed actually illegal here? Because I mean, I've seen people just like smoking their joints on the streets, cop walk. I past. have seen people smoke weed all the time. They never ever <laughs> get rolled. They're gonna be cops walking right by. And so you ask any Swiss person, is weed illegal? They'll be like, Well, I think you can have like a plant in your balcony. Um, I think it depends on how much you have. I think if you have like one joint, it's okay. So there's like no definition. I mean, let me be honest. It is illegal. (laughs) (laughs) We know now. Experience. (laughs) We know. Uh, It can get you in trouble. So don't do drugs. (laughs) Stay in school. But that is that's a blurred line. For sure. And it's hilarious. And the other thing is cops. Like, I mean, sometimes I still get this like L.A. instinct. Like, oh, shit, there's a cop behind me. Oh, for real. Dude. Or a cop car. I'm not going to drive in front of the car. Yeah. Exactly. Dude, they do not no, care. care. And no. the smoking cigarettes age is like normal. It's 18, right? Booze, like alcohol, is at 16. You- they make the difference between right. beer and hard alcohol. Beer and wine. 16. Hard alcohol. 18. You know, as everybody already knows, smoking is just way more prevalent in Europe. It's also like 
14, 15, 16 year olds, which is not the shocking part, I guess. I mean, what's shocking is that they're in public. They're like walking the streets, like not even worried mm-hmm. about getting no. freaking rolled. No. And that's the thing. If a cop can clearly see that a kid is like underage smoking, they're not going to stop him and say, hey, can I see your, your ID? I mean, they could, but, but they, they won't. probably won't. <laughs> they probably won't. Yeah. I think it's funny, like the driving and the drinking age. Yeah. We kind of always have a like a difference here because Britt thinks they should be older, like in the States where you have to be like 21. And I'm like, that makes no sense to me because you can film a porno at 18 and that's OK. But you can't have a beer. Yeah. Well, my thing is that whatever the legal age is, you're always going to start much younger. So here, since it's 16, people start at like 14, 13. Mm-hmm. I think the hard alcohol, they start younger. I have a student who just confessed 16. Yeah. And she's telling me that she was having like vodka oranges. Exactly. Because the legal age for hard alcohol is 18. So right. she's now starting at 16. Right. So at 16, you can drink beer and wine. And yeah, then- but then at 20, boom, it's out of her system. She can focus on her studies and <gasps> move on. That is an argument. That is like one side of it. But since I've lived here, I've heard about three different cases about people who are in their 20s driving wasted, crashing their car and dying just in the small region that I've lived. And also, I never really had a thought about it until after I had kids. And now I'm like, dude, I don't know how I feel about my daughter drinking beer at 13. 13? Well, like 13, 14. That's when kids are like allowed to go out into the village. Give her some. Trust me. She's not going to like it. I mean, my husband is like, yeah, she can taste it. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, taste it, taste the beer, taste the the wine. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, like, it's forbidden. I mean, we drink it all the time. I I guess my thing is, is when they get together without us, just being like crazy. They're going to do it regardless. If any of the girls want to do that, they're going to do it. I mean, I can't do anything about it. That's the law here. So I'm just going to obviously have to deal with it. But the other funny thing, too, like which was actually super shocking is coming out here at 23 and thinking like, woo, just started being able to go out to bars. I'm going to go out, you know, like get my groove on, go party. And you go out and literally everyone at 23 here is already way over going out. And mm-hmm. you've got nothing but 16 year olds, 17 year olds. I know. You're like, what? Like, is it not your bedtime? Like, go home. Where are the adults? What I just think is super interesting the laws are so chill here and like they have such low crime. Look at even their prisons, you know, or their prisons, their little getaway prisons, yeah. <laughs> vacation <five> homes. Star. <laughs> but in Switzerland, you can still roll up to certain gas stations and pump first and then pay. I always do that. Yeah, but you could never do that in LA. <laughs> but that's just culture. It's just there's a huge trust thing going on. You yeah. know, like those are the rules. We're just all going to follow them. Yeah. And they just always do what's right. It, it plays a huge like that's their culture. That's how they see things. There's just no point in doing the other way around. Well, here, trust. That's why everyone leaves their laptops open at Starbucks. Oh, exactly. This happens every, we're at Starbucks every week. They're chilling, boom. And while we're there, you know, posting up, we're like, okay, one, two, three, four laptops like a jack. Boom. Yeah. Just like that. One time at work, I went downstairs with my wallet to go buy something on my way back, made a phone call, set my wallet on a window ledge on like the outdoor cafe that's right downstairs from work. I literally went upstairs, taught a few lessons and then freaked out because I realized that my wallet was missing. I had to pause this next lesson coming up. I ran downstairs. I was like looking for it like crazy. And you know where it was? Somebody had written a big sign posted on the window right where I was and was like, we found this wallet and could not believe it. I have recovered my phone and my wallet so many times, (laughs) leaving it out in the city here. It's just People are just so kind. They're so nice. People will drop a glove or a mitten or a 
beanie something and people will put it on our fence yeah so that when people pass by again they're like oh my beanie or like you know there's like that's <laughs> that like the liter- lost and found of the neighborhood is like our fence yeah <laughs> that literally happened to my daughter like two weeks ago i think something we both kind of went through like similar experiences and settling in here we kind of had like i think there's like a step of like what every person does like when when they relocate First step, friends. Yes, creating friends. Yes. That was so big for me. And I remember a friend of mine told me before I moved out here, he told me, make sure that you have your own circle of friends besides your partner. Right. And that was key. And he was so right. Yeah. A life outside of your husband. Yeah. Key. Which is really funny because Bex and I have both lived here a little over eight years and um, we both started the same way, but oh, in so two funny. different areas. I know. We started with Zumba. Zumba. Ow, 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 ow. But we had two totally different experiences. Yes. Mine was the shit. Was it? Yeah. I have friends that I like some of my really good friends till this day are like my Zumba friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for them. I went to a Zumba class mm-hmm. and it was after a month that I realized that I had been going for a month and I actually had not met one person. Right. And that last class that I went to, I was looking around and I was realizing that everybody who was coming to the class had already a friend with them. Right. And nobody was actually talking to each other. So that was like my first experience of, you know, what people always say is that Swiss people already have their friends. In general, I think we can all like admit, even Swiss people can admit that it is kind of hard to really get integrated and really become friends with Swiss people from the outside in. Mm -hmm. Which is true. I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing once you're in that circle of friends, but to actually penetrate. mm, Ooh, sorry. That group of friends, that's the hard part. Once you're in, you're cool, but it's just getting there that's hard. It's very discouraging, though. I mean, I know. It, takes, it takes years to really get to know or really, uh, yeah, really get to know your mm-hmm. Swiss friends. And you can be super discouraged, especially I when agree. you're new and you're yeah. working so hard to yeah. have something else to do besides... Yes hanging out with your husband and going to work. When I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, if this was happening in the U.S. It'd be so different. I would have already like I know. had a drink with them. I've yeah. already had like been invited somewhere. Yeah. I decided to like get out of my comfort zone to see if I would meet anybody else. Uh, and in fact, I did. And I'm glad I took that step and I did something new. And then like when you meet a Swiss person... You don't know at what point that you're actually friends, you know, like, oh, my God, I I totally agree with that. (laughs) So me and my bestie, I thought we were friends from day one. And only like three years ago, I told her like, oh, I'm so glad that we've been friends for so long. And she's like, wait a minute, we're only (laughs) friends since like one year. And I'm like, I've been thinking we're friends from the beginning. And she goes, no. And it had been what? How many how many years at that point? Five. Oh, Jesus. See? (laughs) Oh, I know her. I mean, now we coo. Now we're best friends. I hope. <laughs> but you've like established. <laughs> but I don't know. I have not yes. had the talk with my Swiss bestie, who actually is my neighbor. I'm pretty sure we are. We've been living next door to each other for the last six years. Her son and my, my daughter became like obviously little playmates out in the yard and yeah. stuff. And then we both had our second children at the same time. And we got closer as neighbors, closer as friends. We literally do everything together. And we... Like have dinner twice a week. We talk, we go to the gym like three times a week together and we- There's that gym again. Been like 
quote unquote besties for the last four years. But it wasn't until like this year that like I started talking about, you know, husband talk, our budgets and if we can't afford shit. That's big for Swiss. Swiss people are never like, oh, damn, I'm so broke this month. Like, you don't hear that. (laughs) But I mean, in general, like the small talk thing with the Swiss people, you don't know. I mean, if you ever are sitting at a bus station (laughs) or you're sitting at a tram station, Swiss people don't like you just to start chatting them up, like just start talking about things. I mean, for us as Americans, it's just really awkward when you're somewhere with another person. Mm -hmm. These awkward silences, Americans I would rather stab myself in the eye than sit in awkward silence for like 10 minutes. And so people are like, mm, They're so cozy. comfortable. They're like, I love that. Love it. <laughs> love it. I always tell my husband, you guys live in the awkward silence. I know. The thing is, is like Swiss people don't like loud noises. They don't like noise. <laughs> no, it's true though. If you're on the train and everyone's kind of being quiet. Everyone's always quiet on the train. Yeah. It's not a rule, but they, they like it quiet. They do. For me, it's so hard because we get off work around eight o'clock. I get on the train. So eight o'clock over here, nine o'clock over here is the morning in LA. So that's, you know, my drive home, my ride home is about, you know, 40 minutes. And that's always when I'm talking to my mom or my sister. And so I I know they like quiet, so I talk really low. Like I go right into the, like the, the speaker microphone. or the microphone. And then one time <laughs> I was on the train and there were probably two other maybe couples on the train talking amongst themselves. And then there was one lady sitting behind me and I'm talking really low to my friend. And this lady stands up and she goes in English. It's like, excuse me, I can hear everything you're saying. I don't give a fuck. Mind your own business. And I looked at her and I was like, I didn't want to be an asshole. I was like, okay. (laughs) I just said, okay. (laughs) The thing is, here's my thing with that. If you're sitting down and you're having a one-way conversation, Mm -hmm. at least she's only hearing half the conversation. Studies say that makes people even more frustrated because they're like guessing what the other person says. It's not (laughs) eavesdropping. I know. That's why I'm saying, bitch, mind your own business. (laughs) But that's my whole thing. So be quiet on the train. (laughs) Yeah. The other thing is, guys, <laughs> what? The restaurants. Okay. I am really upset if a waitress doesn't smile. And I know it's ridiculous. I'm not telling her she has to introduce herself, give me her name, bring me the free water. Like, I got all that. But at least smile. Like, no <laughs> Be one, friendly. No one smiles. They don't live off of their tips. They have a really That's bomb it. salary. That's and it. Well, I wouldn't say really bomb, but they have decent salary and they don't need to work for tips. Exactly. So customer service is not something you can expect here. No. Remember what your friend was saying about which one? The the service on the airplane, how I was talking about Oh my God, yes. She was saying That's so funny. I mean, I have certain um airlines that I prefer to fly with because I often fly with my two kids alone Mm -hmm. who are toddlers. And I was talking about a specific airline that I did not appreciate that they just don't care when you're struggling. Yeah. Whereas others, the flight attendants will literally come over and say, oh, have you been to the bathroom lately? Do you want me to sit here with them so you can run to the restroom? And right. Like, yeah. Your side of like the debate was kind of like, I want them to ask me because a mom needs help. Right. And then like my friend's kind of counter argument was that she actually would not like that. And she thinks that and for all Swiss people, they don't like to be bothered. That request is like an invasion of like, what, you think I can't handle this? Yeah. And it's so funny because it's like two kind of same scenarios, but mm-hmm. completely different perspective. Like it's so oh, crazy. Yeah. There's so many points, so many areas in life that 
I feel like are so crazy different based mm-hmm. on the different perspective. Yeah. So on this making friends, learning the different culture and understanding that there are certain topics that are, you know, just off limits. Mm-hmm. For example, therapy. Oh my God. Yes. Therapy. Right. Yes. For an American. Pfft, Everyone's got like, or especially in LA, like five therapists on speed dial. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. And I think all Americans, like North and South, like South Americans, same thing. The same thing. No one is afraid or embarrassed. No. Everyone talks about their therapy. Everyone talks about their sessions. Yes. I think that we have this way of being like, look, life is hard. Yes. I can't handle this shit. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my mind if I don't get some freaking help and I can't solve these problems on my own. Yes. Like we're just kind of like honest about it. Out there. Whereas Swiss people are very much more reserved. They don't yeah. really like to talk about their problems and things like that. Yeah. And, and let other people know that they're not holding it down. I think something really important for to always keep in mind is just, you know, trying to stay open, accept the transition. And no matter if you have dumbass moments or you're feeling lonely, no one's perfect. No yeah. one's perfect. And I think, yes, we're clearly having fun. <laughs> you're teasing the Swiss people, but we can't help it. It At some points... It made our life hell and in other parts of our lives, it's been really, really enriching, like knowing this really genuine, authentic type of person. They're really honest. They're there for you. They help you move. Like just people help each other move. Yeah. And but in general, like I think you guys, I think what we're trying to get at here is that we came here at like 23. We left mm-hmm. behind so many friends and we tried to establish the same thing here, but had so many obstacles like we had to learn the culture learn the language yeah learn what was off limits what about dumbass moments oh my god where to start i hate they talk to you like you're stupid it's not that you're stupid you just don't know the language well enough yeah and then like everyone's talking in a different language and you're just there like hmm what are they saying it sounds like they're fighting i remember i used to always think everyone was fighding in swiss german it turns out it was a normal conversation but it just sounds so violent at the beginning at least now i'm like oh now it's cool when you're learning the other language there's this huge part of like, okay, you're listening and you're trying to understand. Then the whole other part is actually like retaining the information that you would get. Mm-hmm. I have like, as the time goes on, I have less and less of these moments, but still like when I go to the gym, I go to classes. So they set up a circuit. We do like hit classes, you know, the high intensity interval training classes. They'll tell us what we have to do. And then when they get kind of complex, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, first you're going to go here and then there and then pause for this much. And yeah. At the end, I'll like understand everywhere they say. And then I'll be like, all right, cool. Like, I'm just going to like follow along. And luckily mm-hmm. I go with my bestie neighbor. Right. And I'm like, hey, I didn't get any of that. So please help <laughs> me. She's like, okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. That's so funny. <laughs> so at least I got someone to have my back. I think one of my biggest dumbass moments, I've had many, I'm proud of them, but I think one of the really funny ones that I had was with my beer and in German, uh, cheers is prost. But when I first got here, I always thought they said brust. <laughs> and I would always say brust, brust, brust instead of prost. And it turns <laughs> out that the whole time I was saying boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so here I'm, I'm like oh boobs boobs and no one would correct me until my best friend one day was like all right listen so you gotta know uh they're making fun of you and they've never corrected you and you're, you're saying boobs oh I guess in line with that but not the same thing whenever people would like serve wine or serve beer or whatever I would always grab my drink and I would drink it I would take my sip talk that shit I'm like oh cool thanks <laughs> literally three months into being here my husband's like 
hey, um, I'm just going to tell you, you know, we usually don't sip until we say <laughs> They're all polite day. about it. But yeah, I'm like, you could have told me this like three months ago. I think because I already relocated once, oh, like yeah. as a teenager, I'm kind of used to it. And whenever something like that happens, I, even though I feel super dumb inside, I have a really strong poker face and I'm like, all right, going to own this shit. Yes. And I don't care. What else can I do? Like it's part of the learning process, I guess. I had a hard time dealing with it because everything was so new. I, You know, when you're trying to learn a bunch of things, you're out of your comfort zone and then you just, you're not doing it the way the people around you are doing things. Yes. You feel wrong yes. and they don't make you feel that way. It's just your own insecurity, pressure. Exactly. So I think for me, there was feeling like a dumbass. I had to learn how to laugh at myself. Yep. I'm the one that's not going to understand, you know, I'm the one that's at boobs. Exactly. <laughs> but I think living through the culture shock, there was a point that my confidence was hurt a little bit. It took years. I think the first five years were just super hard, huge learning experience, mm -hmm. having kids, becoming a mom, learning to handle all that stuff. And I think a lot of the beginning for me was I just kind of wanted to fit in. I think everybody at some point in their life can kind of relate to that feeling of wanting to fit in, being like, hey, I can be like you guys. Yeah. I think something that you said that I think would be interesting to say is I think people should make compromises, but make compromises that you're going to feel comfortable doing and you're not going to regret as much. I wouldn't say not regret because or like we, lose yourself. Yeah. But don't just like lose who you are to fit in. Like yeah. it's cool that you do like little things and, you know, jiggle around your comfort zone. And I think that's great. <laughs> jiggle. But she said jiggle. Jiggle. Get it. Get it. <laughs> but still like stay true. I think that... Oh gosh, there's so much in like learning who you are in your twenties. You like, mm -hmm. you like, you get to make all these freaking mistakes, you know, and then like learn from them when you're in your thirties, whoa, whoa, dirty, 30, 30, 30. But since we moved out here in that really like, uh, prime, prime pit, like there was like a really pivotal point in my life. I think I was, you know, adulting. I had just like started adulting in LA and then moved out here. And then I wasn't like, you know, on top of my adulting game anymore, starting at zero and right. trying to like kind of, you have to kind of find yourself again. Do you think it would have been different had you come here for a job, for example? I think so, but only because living with a Swiss person, you actually are way more in tune to the way they think, the way that they live, their culture. Because I have a really good friend out here, one of my best friends out here who's British and she's married to a Canadian guy. And they've actually been here for like over 15 years, they have children, but sometimes I'll talk about like, oh, you know, cause we have to do that. We're with like the in-laws and I'll talk about some kind of culture difference. It should be like, oh really? They do that. So even having lived here for so long, right. they're they not, they don't know. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that, like, it's just funny. My neighbor, when we like hand each other food and stuff, I'll hand her a bag of cut up veggies that I've already like pre chopped and washed or whatever. And then she'll like give me the bag back. And like at the beginning, I was like, like, <laughs> like throw that shit away. Like, don't give me my bag back. And she'll be like, oh yeah, don't worry. Like I've already rinsed it. So you're, you could, I'm like, oh, because I'm supposed to reuse this shit. Like, yeah. But like now I do. I'm like, ah, oh, 
the reflex of reusing. For example, when I first met my husband, he would take a shower and he would turn on the water and then like in 30 seconds it would be off that he would turn the water on again. I'm like, why do you turn the water on and off? He's like, well, I just, when I don't need the water, I turn it off. Right. And I noticed like the more Swiss that I met and I noticed more and more this turning on and off the water thing. Kudos. Kudos. Great. I still don't do that. Like even in their conversations of some idea that they want to do or something Mm -hmm. that they want to buy. And Mm -hmm. then they'll always be like, ah, but it, you know, it does burn a lot of energy. And like that will be reasons to not do something. And that's a conscious consumer. And there should be more of that. They've educated me for the better. Yeah. And I think I've also become so much more conscious about everyday things that we can do to just, you know, help the greater good. And, and, you know, ecological Swiss, they're awesome. Also for me, actually, yeah, a lot of things were shocking in the beginning. Like, whoa, interesting, cool. But I think even after living here, there are still some things that I think I'm still kind of shocked by and kind of learning how to deal with. I think, wait, what are you trying to say? You're trying to say that despite... already being integrated you still suffer from cultural shock i still notice certain things now yeah now that i speak the language i understand the culture more i understand the people more and what i'm trying to say is is that i can actually feel the social pressure that the swiss people feel and that they don't mean to but they kind of put this pressure on each other and Swiss people will admit, they'll say like, there is this somewhat pressure to study, have a career, get a good job, but Swiss put an enormous amount of pressure on themselves to be successful because in Switzerland, the bar is so damn high. And so when people are living in a country where the bar is so high, Mm -hmm. there is a huge amount of pressure to reach that bar. And the farther you are away from that bar, the more like a failure you feel. Okay. You know, when you're in a poorer country or a third world country and people are just happy and they're living like walking around without shoes on and the bar so much lower and you're walking around without shoes on, you're fine. You know, you're not so far from the bar. You know what I mean? I do. And I, I understand like when Swiss people talk about pressure and, and also what comes out of that is that is that like that front that everybody, I think it might be a European thing actually, that everybody has to put up this front. Like life is great. And we don't show we're struggling or... Okay, that's something else. Like, I want to separate those two things. Like, yes, I agree no, that... I think they're linked. I think the, the social pressure that people feel to do well and succeed kind of forces them to put up a front to not let people know if they're not. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm at that point where I just don't care what anyone thinks. If they think you're strange. If they think I'm weird or if I'm different or... I mean, I mean clearly, I'm, I, I look very Hispanic um, an Italian. So you can kind of obviously physically see that I'm not Swiss or like the typical blonde, tall Swiss. When you are different, when you are outside of that, you stand out. You just, you, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Well, we're going to sound out for a million other reasons anyways. I know we, yeah, <laughs> actually, well, I thought I blended in quite nicely when I first got here. <laughs> well, I wasn't actually worried about blending in. I just kind of thought like, okay, like I know where the grocery carts are. You have to put yeah. a little coin in there. Okay, like I'm doing, I'm picking yeah. up on what everybody's doing. So I felt like I was moving. Integrated. Integrated, roll into their flow, you know. Yeah. My friends were like, no, sorry. Just the way you walk, you can tell you're American. Oh, you know what they told me? You walk around with your coffee thermos. Yeah. 
that's how we know you're American. Swiss people, they don't walk around with their drinks. I mean, maybe in the city now, mind you, we're talking like almost 10 years ago. Okay. There was no coffee to go. Right. Right. And they told me the way that I walked, the fact that I walk around with um, my cup, the fact that I leave the house with workout pants on. I think it's just like little things that you're used to doing in like your normal bunny years life. Yeah. That you bring here and they're like, whoa. That's different. And because they have a structure, they're like, okay, different. Mm, what's going on? Yeah. Since everybody is so similar. Yeah. That I can say yes to. Right? Yeah. What about you? You didn't have like things that they say like, oh, you're so. I remember that I wanted to go with like sweatpants to the grocery store. My husband was sweatpants to the grocery store. Yeah, I know. And that was huge for me because I love my sweatpants. I know, dude. When I go back, I like find a reason to go to the grocery store late and I'll roll up in my like pajama pants and my (laughs) slippers. It's so liberating. It's because no one gives a fuck. No and one Everyone cares. is does here. Well, I don't know if they actually care. It's just this structure that you're talking about. And I think it's just, it feels so amazing to reach that level of awesomeness where you just don't give a fuck anymore. And, right. I, and now after so many years, I've gotten there. I know. Do I still feel it? Can I still notice it? Yes. Is it weird? Of course. I think too, because it's like, there's this, progression of like stages it's like the first stage you realize oh okay there's something different here like Mm -hmm. you realize the shock of it all then you kind of like go through okay how am I going to handle this like you know and then you're like decide to come out of it and Mm -hmm. be like fuck that I'm going to own who I am yeah and then now it's like I feel like we're both in the same place where we're just like we are who we are yes we're going to be different Mm -hmm. and (laughs) just you know, that's it. I mean, it could also be like an age thing at the same time. After years of trying, you grow. And True. with your age, that's you're like, thing. you know what? I've worked for what I have. I'm happy with what there is. And the group of friends that I've established now are amazing. And the ones that will want to join in the future, awesome. And the ones that don't, then that's fine as well. Yeah. I mean, I've outgrown a few friends out here, you know, that had like a place in my life at certain different stages here. And mm-hmm. same. Right. But But that's okay. And I'm okay with that. And you know what, though? Like, this stage of my life, my dad always said that the 30s are going to be, like, the best years of your life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I really think it's true. And I always want to remember this point, like, where I'm at right now, mentally, and how how I'm living my life, which is why I remember that one day I went and just got this tattoo really randomly. Yeah. So my tattoo on my shoulder, it says, as you are. I always want to remember this point in my life, as you are. You know, you could put any word in front of it. Perfect as you are, accepted as you are. Like, and I got it on my shoulder. So it, every time I look in a mirror, it's a reminder. I didn't want to have it somewhere where I didn't see it daily. And also, you know, for my daughters, like they're going to look at that. And I want them to know that they are just perfect as they are. I don't want them to feel the social pressure. I want them to grow up feeling that they have the freedom to be the way they want to be. And when I'm older and you know, maybe going through a rough time. I just always want to be able to reflect back on this like moment, you know? So I don't know, you know, like, what do Mm -hmm. you do? Like when you're trying to come out of like a funk? Well, it depends. Cause I'm the kind of person who really, like I'm very accepting of situations. And when I feel like I'm having 
a bad day instead of just like trying to fake being like optimistic i'll just this is my mood today and life just has its up and downs and today's a down and i just accept the down and then but you have I to give pull myself out right well, how I, do you pull it out i give myself that day so ah, i said okay. like yesterday i said okay yesterday's my shit day and i'm gonna tell everyone to fuck off i did literally <laughs> i don't know how i didn't get in like into a car fight um <laughs> but i went to sleep last night saying this is my fucked up day tomorrow i'm not gonna let this get in and well, I tried my best to let it like go and I own whatever feeling I'm feeling. So if I'm pissed, I'm going to be pissed. And if I'm really, really sad, I'm not going to try to not feel sad. I'm going to sure. let, I'm going to let myself or allow myself to feel sad. Or if I'm angry, I'm going to allow myself to be angry to a certain extent in which it isn't like unhealthy. Because like I said, sometimes, you know, that rabbit hole, like you get into this really dark place where you feel like you're a prisoner of all your emotions or, yep. you know, you're, you're a prisoner of, of your anger or your anxiety. And it just takes hold of you and it just goes deeper and darker and darker. And there has to be limits to what you're going to allow yourself to feel. But I tend to not block however I'm feeling. Like I right. try to accept it. And then the next day do the best so that it doesn't affect me that next day. But I generally let myself have a bad day. Yeah. I, I usually do like a little pity party thing. I usually don't have the luxury of an entire day um, just because of family life and small children and you have to kind of like hold it together for them. But I will sit down and totally feel sorry for myself for like a few minutes, cry it out and be like, okay, whew, all right. I love a good cry. Oh, hell yeah. Like recharges your battery. Oh yeah, it's great. You know, I love it. You know? I haven't had it easy all the time. I've cried my eyes out, missing home. And the thought of my kids not growing up as beach bums the way I did, it bums me out. The fact that they'll never have both families living on the same continent. Ah, that kills me. But I just can't focus on that. I really can't focus on what I don't have because I've gained so much. So I really try to like, just, you know, focus on what I've gained. And, you know, I saw this quote that really spoke to me recently. And I just love this quote because it literally wraps it up into one sentence and it's a quote by Tony Robbins and it says the happiest people don't have the best of everything they make the best of everything I think that's great everyone has to be proud of how hard they're trying yeah so guys we are coming to a close here but we hope that you will stick with us stick with us guys whether you have or have not uprooted your life we the two of us happen to have had a lot of difficulty over the last few years. We have. But one thing that we did really learn here was that we were never just going to stumble across happiness. No, we weren't. It was a process. I think overall, now we feel integrated. We've created our environment. We've learned that happiness isn't something you find and it's created no matter where you are. And don't forget, guys, we attract the energy we put out there. So spread, spread the, the good, good shit. <laughs> for the uh, geography. Uh, <laughs> for the geography. <laughs> what is that number? We're only 8 million. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why does it say 22 million? 22 million is Los Angeles County. <laughs> We're pretty, we promise. <laughs> How can we get them back? <laughs> burn it down. My solution is always to burn things down. I'm a little arsonist. Pyro. We crazy. <laughs> We're not that crazy. We cool crazy. We're fucking up. Let me just write here. I'm out. I'm out. Okay. <laughs>